Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm okay, I think. Yeah, a bit tired, but generally fine. What about you? I'm okay. I think my brain may be a bit mushy from Zoom. <laughs> I think that online meetings, it's very nice to see everyone, but I do think it may decrease my intelligence each time I do one. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what it is that makes them so exhausting. Well, my friend sent me an article from the New York Times where it's something to do with how when you see people, you pick up so many more nuanced facial things that mm. you kind of mimic and that because you can't see them or they're delayed, sometimes delayed in a way that you oh. only subconsciously know, that you're subconsciously trying to make up for and anticipate Ah, that's interesting. Things. So you get tireder and potentially more stressed. But I'm not stressed. I'm just stupid, I think. <laughs> no. Well, I find it... <laughs> I think that's what's happened. I don't think so. <laughs> what I find oh, wait. Is... You haven't spoken to me before <laughs> <True>. yet. <laughs> what I find is when I'll, I'll make a joke, I desperately wait for someone to laugh and it, you know, it takes a while. Yeah. And I think, was that really so unfunny? <laughs> yeah, and I think... I'm sure they were all good jokes. And I also think I, I'm very particular about noise and if a line isn't quite right, I find that really stressful. I can sort of, yeah. if I have to really strain to hear someone or yes. you get a lot of interference, I can sort of feel my body knotting up. Um, yeah, no, that is bad. I also, the thing I really just can't cope with is if there's an echo. Oh, yes. Then I just can't concentrate at all. Or like, I'm just listening for the echo. Yeah. Mm. And I think, I think I also made this mistake of wearing a very nice, it's like a shirt dress that's in like men's striped shirting fabric. It's fabulous pictures. And I thought, oh, look, so smart. Yeah. It's a twist on the man's shirt. It's just perfect. But of course, it was like wibbly wobbly, disturbing. Oh, yeah. On the screen. So it did not have the effect I had wished. Yeah. Uh, I sit in front of a white wall which I think everyone finds incredibly boring. So I've had an insight into other people's interiors, but I, that's just where my desk is, you know, and I'm not, yeah. you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But I, I always feel like it's too boring, but I, you know. I, I have, you get a bit of bookcase, but the other night when, um, I mean, thankfully it was my wonderful MA students who understood, I hope, but, Coda, I think, had really had enough of me on Zoom. I'd been on for about four hours that day, or three hours, in fact. And thankfully, it was my students' catch-up, so it's just completely casual, and we're just having a chat. But he was just going bananas. He was just running around. He was looking things to bark at. He was sitting on my lap. Then he was jumping off my lap. So they got to see Adrian chasing around after Coda, Picking Coda up, and then you know, two minutes later, Coda charging off again and barking. Oh wow! So he is protest protesting quite vigorously against online yeah meetings. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder whether he wants to participate or whether he knows you're not paying attention to him. It's I probably think it's that. the attention thing. Mm. 
and I think it's like it's okay it's it's sort of okay in the morning because he wants to sleep off his breakfast but in the evening he wants to play mm. so because some of my skypes are in the evening because my students are in America I think then he starts thinking well no this is our playtime yeah so oh, yeah yeah I guess we'll have to cope with all of this for a little while longer at least yes yeah. I have to not wear stripes mm. which is hard for me because I wear stripes so much and just entertain Coda so brilliantly before any evening things that he's happy happy yeah yeah and what else have you been up to well a fun thing I wanted to tell you about is love magazine asked me to do a list of 10 lesser known designers who have shaped fashion and been influential Wow, that's quite Which, tough. Ten is quite a it, lot. Yeah, it is. No, it, well, it was actually like whittling it down to ten. I didn't oh, have really? that many more. I didn't have that many that I didn't mm. put in. But I liked it because it was kind of, for me, it was sort of developing. Do you remember a few weeks ago we were talking about our favourite, favourite mm. designers and how sometimes they're not known. So it got me thinking about what we talked about then, but also thinking you know, then we were just talking about who did we really like. Yeah. But actually thinking about who was influential then or has continued to influence is different because you may not know. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're not just thinking who was super popular at the time, mm. but we don't know them now. Yeah. So so shall I tell you my yes, ten? Please. Then we, so Calosa, mm -hmm. Lucille. Oh, yeah. Madeleine Vionnet. Mm -hmm. Claire McArdle, yeah. Jeffrey Bean, mm -hmm. Ozzy Clark, Ooh. Stephen Sprouse, mm. Claude Montana, wow. Romeo Gili, and Miguel Adravel. And the other thing, well, that was the main thing, but the other thing was trying to sort of think, are these people, how well known are these people outside my dress history bubble? Because obviously, like Vionnet, we all know yeah. how much I love yes. Vionnet. I talk about her all the time. So anyone who knows me for longer than two minutes knows about Madeleine Vionnet. Yeah. But like trying to think, but is that just because I'm inside my fashion realm? Well, some... It's difficult. Yeah. Because there were some people who I thought, wow, this person. And then I thought, well, no, actually, they're quite well known probably outside. It's really difficult to know because mm. I, at the point when VNA did the Quant exhibition, I mentioned it to to my hairdresser and oh. was talking about it and and they were they're quite young and they just said who's that never heard of them and wow. so yeah I wonder I wonder that's yeah. really fascinating because yeah. that was the thing that probably in the end I thought I'm just gonna have to go with this list and I'm quite happy with my list but I think you know because like I immediately thought Dapper Dan Dapper Dan for like so long I've gone on about Dapper Dan mm. and He's so important, so influential. But then because of the Gucci stuff, I thought, well, probably people do know do him know now. now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's some that even I consider myself to be inside the bubble. I think you're inside with me. Okay, that's good to you're know. You're with me. But there are two... Oh, Beatrice, you can, <laughs> you can just be assured you're in any bubble I'm in. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. You're um, welcome. There are two that even I, as a as a bubble member, don't know that <laughs> don't know that well. So okay, bubble 
one. Number one is a name that I, I always want to say Joffrey, but it's not Joffrey, I know. It's Jeffrey, isn't it? Oh, it it's it's because of the, yeah, there's, yeah, there's an O. Jeffrey Bean. Yeah, Bean. So talk me through okay. him. So Jeffrey Bean is so influential. And I think there are a number of designers who benefit from the fact that people oh. do not know him. Okay. I'm not going to name names now. No. I might later. Yeah, so people but, are inspired. Yes, they're inspired. Let's put that in inverted comm- commas. Mm-hmm. Um. He worked at Molina in the 40s. He's American. Mm-hmm. He studied in New York and Paris. He worked at Molina, and he launched his own brand in the 60s. And he died in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. And his work is just really, really high-end, ready-to-wear, like so beautifully executed, really amazing, and really quite minimal and interesting but then he also does one of the things he's really famous for is um you know like american sports shirts you know that the sportsmen themselves wear yeah. those mm-hmm. ones. he did a series of evening gowns that are those but sequined completely wow. sequined mm. and i'm not naming names mm. but mr tom ford <laughs> did some sequined sports shirts i'm just mentioning that okay. as i'm just telling you that okay in, mm-hmm. interesting fact yeah interesting to sit fact. alongside what i'm saying yeah but the thing i think he like his i think his biggest influence is the kind of thing phoebe philo did for celine mm-hmm. so like amazing really really good quality gray day dresses wool mm-hmm. day dresses like there's one he did that's almost like a monastic, so you can see a bit of oh. a cardinal in him, mm. but then with a brown harness just at the top, wow. which mm. several designers have done. Mm. And he did really just like amazingly cut things and using like, oh, there's a beautiful picture of Tina Chow in a grey mile sweatshirt fabric gown that's like beautiful. It's, it's, it's like got a pleated bandeau top and then it flows down from there but it's sweatshirt fabric and using like cotton or denim but for evening wear so it's very american look and it's very Mm. much building on from a kind of claire mccardle realm and super influential and why do you think people don't know him that much i don't know i think he I think he was quite stealth. I mean, he had. He, I think he had perfumes and things, mm. and and menswear. But I don't know. I don't know if he didn't do so many interviews. Maybe. And maybe he's also, some... it sounds. It doesn't sound spectacular. No, I all. mean, he's someone who he was still alive when I first started to go to New York to do research, mm. and unfortunately, I never met him. But I remember um, Patricia Mears saying to me, you ha- you know, I have to take you to meet Jeff- Jeffrey Bean. He is the ultimate. He is the ultimate American designer. And I was like, okay. But then it just didn't happen. The dates mm. didn't work and I didn't get to meet him. But FIT, he's... they did do an exhibition, didn't they, at some point? Yeah, mm. I think so. And there's a big book on him that when I was at... He died when I had the fellowship at the Smithsonian. Mm. And I helped with the display that they did of that of his work i helped captions and things Mm. which is just amazing and and that they've got one of these sport shirt sequin dresses Mm. that they put on display 
and the the lovely curator there who I was with a lot of the time she gave me the big book when I was leaving she gave me the big Jeffrey Bean book so he has a special status for me but yeah. he, I think he, I think for like people in the know in American fashion or who really appreciated that kind of fashion he was always the ultimate mm. and and as I say I think because I can remember someone telling me who worked for a very big luxury brand that they were like buying Claire McArdle and and American designers who were in this sort of genre mm. because people didn't know, so they could just copy it. Oh, okay. And I won't name the brand. Okay. I'm so discreet. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think his work, you have to kind of really look at to appreciate it, but, you know, the construction is amazing, the quality is amazing, and just effortless. Like, it's not like, kind of ta-da I'm wearing a sweatshirt material gown it's really like laid back and just beautifully dressed mm. the so other that's Jeffrey that's Jeffrey that's and Jeffrey for you the other one is the last designer <gasps> love him Miguel Adriva I love yeah. him I'm just gonna leave it at that I love him okay I think he's fascinating he's born in Spain but he showed his first collection in a, in New York in 1999. And it was like late 90s into the 2000s. He was such an avant-garde star in New York fashion and just so exciting and dynamic and seemed like he was bringing this charge of something super exciting to the American shows. And it was interesting because several of the people I was looking at, there's like problems like lawsuits or financial problems or backers and that's what stops them and the things he's like often known for he did like the most amazing before people were doing any of these kind of things he i think it was like one of his friends old burberry trench coats he kind of deconstructed and remade and it's like gone back to front and inside out and it looked so cool and as i say this is before anyone was doing it And, of course, Burberry stepped in. And you kind of think, and what has Burberry done since then? Again, not mentioning Mm. any names. But I think, you know, he was really, and, like, just really, like, I was always super excited to see what he would do next. And for me, he's, like, in the kind of, I don't know, like, he was friends with Alexander Lee McQueen and, he's kind of in that realm if you know what I mean of like mm. people in the 90s where you thought ah oh, this feels new and this feels exciting and he he often used old clothes and remade them so that another that was really famous was he found this mattress on the street in New York and it turned out to be Quentin Crisp's old mattress and he cut it up and was making stuff things out of the um, ticking the mattress wow. ticking mm. that was beautiful so he was thinking and he didn't follow seasons so he was thinking in this more sustainable way yeah. then, uh, where it's just amazing clothes as they happen, rather than here's spring, summer, here's autumn, winter. And and also I think something that, I, that was super interesting about him, but actually perhaps was harder to sell his lines, was that he from the start was kind of mixing men's and women's wear mm. and like sportswear with high-end, gowns and do you know what I mean it was like everything at once and one one collection could be really different from 
another because uh, it was kind of what was inspiring him yeah I think that, that does that never helps the designer I think it doesn't it's like it's so interesting and inspiring but shops don't always get it because no. they feel but my customer was thinking and that. clients and I really, guess pardon and clients I guess yeah yeah and like really interesting kind of like African influences and Muslim influences in his work and like amazing he did these beautiful gowns that are almost like kind of Islamic tiles in a mosque the print but blown up really big and just yeah so so interesting and also like appropriating like the I Heart New York I Love New York t-shirts and things Mm. and like Coca-Cola t-shirts so all that kind of stuff that Demna does now Mm. naming their names (laughs) I think he was already really exploring that idea of bringing kind of everyday streetwear into high fashion and just really radical and excitement and I'm obsessed with his Instagram and I just think he's really like one of those people who's just creative constantly you know what he does now well he's back in Spain Mm. and he's doing amazing self-portraits at the moment of him dressed in like incredible outfits that he's fashioned from from like all kinds of things around his house as well as clothes (laughs) and then he also posts things that are kind of inspirations for that so he'd he'd post i think it was yesterday or today like pictures of tornadoes and storms and then this like wild outfit that uh, he'd done that he was wearing oh, with wedding boots and i just thought this is why you are amazing and fantastic yeah. because everything turns into something interesting in your hands so yes love him so what did you have to do did you have to also you couldn't just give the names i guess so did you have no to i've write... written like a little paragraph for mm. each one okay and I did write more than, I love him, for some. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love Madeleine uh, Vionnet. That's why she's on any list I write. I'd love, to, I'd love to go through all of them, but I think that would take us yeah, that's a too long much time. time. Is there a particular... There's one other I want to ask about, but is there mm. another one you want to particularly well, no, talk about? Well, no, tell me who you like. So it's, about. again, one I don't know that much about. Mm. I guess it's all... The earlier ones that feel more like I... I know, mm. but it's Stephen Stephen Sprouse. Stephen Sprouse, yes. Can I just say one word about Lucille? Yes, please. I just sorry, I'm being very rude. No, interrupting. No, it's just when I was looking at Lucille, I was thinking, how is she not well known? Yeah. You know, her memoir was called yes. Discretions and Indiscretions. I know. I've got. Well, I've just got a on copy. That alone, have you? Your I know. I waited. I got it from eBay. eBay from sixty-five wow. pounds, which is amazing wow. normally they're more expensive and yes, I'm normally yes. never lucky like that but that's so good mm. and and she survived the sinking of the Titanic yeah. it's like this woman's story alone because often I think it's that they don't they're not racy enough in real life yeah. or at least you don't know about them being racy but she was like super racy yeah and she has How a sister she... writing and super racy novels she she called her dresses things like the sighing sound of lips unsatisfied yes i mean and she was it, an early branding maybe not quite but you know no, but yeah it is the modern idea you know mm. and she did mail order and she did her own newspaper column Ex- yeah mm. i mean it's just mean really yeah that she's not known after doing all of that because mm. i admit Vionnet, love her but she was not trying to court interest in herself personally i can see you know she stopped before the second world war i can see how she didn't get the kudos 
But, I mean, Lucille is just out there yeah i have a few theories i think one of it is that just the edwardian in look that she's sort of almost oh, epitomized you know yes. really it yeah. the style really it got changed kind of swept away. yeah i think there's that i think some people were concerned about what happened with the titanic so oh, he was dreadful so that was is another one and i had a yeah. third oh yeah the other one is um because of the clothes that I've seen, they're so fragile. It's almost impossible to do an exhibition of her work, and I, oh, I think it has been realize. done, but but on a small scale, it would be amazing yes. to bring everything together. But they're just so fragile; they would need so much work. Unless one did ah. something like the Lover in Paris, you know, you just lie them down. You don't yes. even attempt Which putting. Could be beautiful. Yeah, but that's mm. that's a big issue for for her, I think, because I think I guess. I guess these days, if there is an an exhibition, it sort of brings people back a bit, but not for well, long, it really. Does, but not for long, no, because it's mm. like it's such a shame that the Willie Smith exhibition. I don't know if it even got to open, but I was thinking, how exciting Willie Smith! But then you think, I don't know. I really hope it brings people. Yeah, you're mm. right. It doesn't always work. No. Well, I know that's not the point of an exhibition, but it is one of the points. Yes, could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I guess these days there is a. I'm I'm amazed how people even can do exhibitions on not that well known designers mm. because yeah, often the marketing departments are not yeah, it's so happy true. about that. And it's such a shame because I sort of think it's like more interesting of it. Yeah. Often. So what I mean, about? It's, yeah. So Stephen Stephen Sprouse. Okay. So another American. Mm-hmm. And. He's really interesting because his, like, particularly sort of in the 80s, he, it's like sort of pop and street culture, but really immaculately executed. So it's often called like downtown, uptown, which I'm not fond of, Mm. but I can see what they mean. Mm. And he dressed Debbie Harry. So a lot of her things that you've seen, I know. Mm-hmm. Miss Balin mm-hmm. are in fact Stephen Sprouse. And like amazing kind of, it's quite kind of punk. And Basquiat and oh, yeah, you Basquiat, with Keith mm. and sort of neons and black and quite narrow tailoring, but with graffiti that he'd done himself. And do you remember uh, Mark Jacobs did a collaboration with him, like with like Louis Vuitton, with the yeah, spray with the, graffiti mm-hmm. that was him? And I think he's really interesting. I mean, he's interesting in and of himself as representing sort of New Yorkness, but a different kind of New York. But I think he's also, like, I can even, I don't mean literally inspired, literally, I'm not talking about copies now Mm. at all. But, like, I really think, like, Raph Simmons' work with Sterling Ruby is comparable because I think it's, like, someone who's immersed in kind of music and, like, really loves music and that comes through and pop culture, but also fine art and contemporary art and, like, and, and kind of doing collaborations that seem deeper than just, you know, here's Using a print a on a T-shirt. Mm, mm. Yeah. So I think he's really great. And he did, like, he had the license to do to use um, Andy Warhol's camouflage prints, like, you know, the neon <laughs> yes. ones. Yes. Mm. So he did outfits that were entirely in that. So I think he's really interesting yeah. and exciting. And definitely, I think these are people who, once you know about them, you can see it. Yeah. You you know, you'll watch a catwalk show and you'll think, 
Jeffrey Bean to do on Stephen's Bounds. Mm. And and sometimes I think, wow, I'm spoiling contemporary fashion for myself because I can see these things. But then the really gorgeous, good people either do it in a really interesting new way or are just kind of in that genre of fashion yeah. rather than literally mm. trying to just rip off somebody. Yeah. So it was fun. It was like a fun exercise. No, it sounds really fun. And yeah. I, I would have found it difficult, like 10, you know, like 10 people that uh, is oh, there I anyone you might not you might not want to talk about it but is mm. there anyone that almost made it well the person who i really kind of ummed and over was jean muir mm. and in the end jeffrey bean because i thought jeffrey bean is definitely super 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 influential mm. in a stealth way that some designers would be quite annoyed to be called out on mm. and he's so there in some people's collections and whole aesthetic and Jean Muir like I think she's really not given enough credit and should be known about more mm. and I do think her work is influential but I think in the end I decided his was more so yeah um and then there were people who are famous but like Vivian Westwood people should talk more about her menswear you know and I was thinking should I include her but then she's so well known now that's true. Mm. That I thought no, but then I think I that's there a whole, are people. That's a whole new story, sort of aspects yes, of designers yes, that like are not known. Who, only, who are only known for one side mm. of their work or what one really famous collection or something. Yeah. That's another list. Yeah. That's another day. Well, that's a good point to end on, I guess. Yes, that's another day's project. Yes. Okay. All right. well, well, thank well, you I, for talking me through. Well, I hope I didn't go on too much. No, absolutely not. And I look forward to seeing it in the magazine online. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll see you soon then. Yeah. Well, I won't, but I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Right, bye. Bye. bye.